Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen. I don't want to. I don't want to do this all by myself this morning. And uh, let me just say this: if you work with me, it'll go a lot of faster. If you don't, we'll be here all day. So just maybe a little incentive there. I don't know. Uh, so I'm really excited. Uh, I believe God put a word in my heart. Looking ahead to this day, uh, January is always an interesting time of the year for any church, and really spend time. You know, all last year, most of all last year, you, you get at some point you kind of start thinking about the upcoming year and what is God speaking, what is God wanting to say. To the church. As a pastor, you feel that responsibility. Not, I don't want to ever present my plan, although we come with plans and we believe that God has orchestrated them, set things in motion, but we want to make sure we really hear the heartbeat of God. Amen? And so uh, as we started the year, January 2nd, we talked about find your voice. I think that was a critical for us, and we're going to be loud this year as a church and in the community and in the lives of people around about us and around the world, actually. And then last week, we talked about the importance of, you know, in, in January, setting some things in order and just being committed, uh, committed to the house of the Lord, if you can come and and be a part of that or online, whatever that looks like for you, however that works. But of course, we're believing for everybody to have a chance to come back and, and be in person and those mo- experience those moments. But God will meet you where you're at. And so today, looking ahead, I really have something in my heart. I, I, my struggle today, honestly, is not going to be your quietness. It's going to be, no, I'm just kidding. It's going to be, I got like five things I want to really get out today. Like I got like five messages rolling around. And I'm not sure how it's all going to exactly come out this morning. But you definitely want to get your live notes. You'll have a lot of uh, scripture on there. I thought I felt bad. I was telling the production guys, man, I'm sorry. There's so much scripture. I thought, why well, apologize for scripture, right? <laughs> I would, I'd need to apologize if I didn't get them any. If I never give you the scripture, I'm sorry. You know, I'm done, right? I'll be done then. Uh, but we don't apologize for the word of God here. That's what our lives are built on. Amen? Amen. So get your Bibles out. Get your device out, whatever that looks like. Turn Leviticus 26 for me. Kind of the kind of where this came from for the next couple of weeks. And leading up to Dan Wormuth, Pastor Dan, you all need, everybody needs to come with Pastor Dan. And uh, I've had him on my heart for a while to have him here. He is a dear, dear friend. Actually, he's, he's a, he and his wife are a couple that my wife and I really, really consider like spiritual mentors. I don't know if that sounded weird to you or whatever, but we really uh, value and um, treasure just their insight, um, their ability to hear the voice of God. Uh, you heard it said the prophetic, not in a weird way, but just things on his heart that he'll share that God just shows and reveals to him. And so uh, I'm looking forward to time with him personally when he's here and then time for him to engage us as a church. And so you, you don't want to miss uh, the 30th. You want to be here that Sunday for sure. So make, make plans to be. It's going to be a part of kind of what we're doing in the series, if you will, making room for God. And so uh, here's the here's scripture here that this is a wonderful passage and you'll want to get the whole passage. Go back and read the scriptures before and the scriptures after. And it's really something you're going to want to probably print out and put on the refrigerator or whatever and spend time meditating on. I want to just talk about this one scripture and we probably will for the next couple of weeks. And that'll lead us into the message today. Here's a great one. Here you go. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you have to make it, when you have to move it out to make room for the new. Okay, did you, are you reading with me? Because that was a shouting scripture right there. I mean, I can't read that one with like, just like, yes, thank you, Jesus. And you put the scriptures before and after. That's an amazing passage. But I wanna focus on this phrase. You'll have to make, move it out to make room for the new. Make room for the new. Make room is our series. And, and, and there's a number of ways we're gonna approach it in, in starting today, uh, making room. I, I, I have that sense of my spirit that there's definitely every year there's more God wants to do, but you have to be intentional to walk it out. It doesn't just happen. 
And here's the challenge when you read this scripture. It's like we get comfortable, we get, we get, we get, we, we get convenient or whatever because of what we have experienced to this point, and we kind of like to settle in there. And I don't know about you, maybe you're glad to be gone with 2021. Thank God I couldn't wait for that year to be over. Um, can I just say I felt like as a church it was a good year. I mean, we definitely had its ups and downs. We had some home goings. We had some losses. We had some great victories. We had some great things for the kingdom. And honestly, the situation that we find ourselves in in the times we live in, 2021, provided more opportunity than I can imagine. I, couldn't, I can't think of more opportunities in the past than what we had in 2021 to be the church in the hands and feet of Jesus and what he did in that time. And so I'm looking forward to 2022, but in a sense, I, I love what we've experienced in 2021. It's hard to let go. It's like... I want to sit here and camp here and see law this for a while, right? Can we just like enjoy this? And why, you know, we got to put ourselves out there and do something. Because God's always moving. And he's always doing something more. He's doing something new. And, and what, we, what we wrestle with is this idea. We, we have this comfortability with what, we, what we've experienced to this point because it's tangible, right? It's like, I, I can feel it. I can see it. I know what it is. I, I can hold it. It's familiar. It's like, a, it's like a, a, a safety blanket. It's a security to me. And I don't, wanna, I don't wanna get out from under the covers where it's cold and windy. And I don't know what tomorrow holds. And one of the, the reason why is because we're, we're, we're comfortable with the familiar and uncomfortable with faith. Because we don't know what's ahead, and so that means it takes faith in our part, and God's always leading us into faith. Come on, he's always just leading us into what we don't know. We don't need to know what's out there. We need to know him, amen? And we need to move forward with him in faith. So we wrestle with moving from where we've been to where God wants us to be. And while the old can bring you feelings of warmth and security because of familiarity, it can also be a hindrance to the new. And so when we look at the new year and make room for the new, it's all by faith because we can't see what's ahead of us. We can't hold it. We can't smell it. We can't taste it. We can't hold on to the old harvest forever. And sometimes we want to say, well, hold on a second. I'm not done with this yet. <laughs> I'm just really now liking how it tastes. I'm just really now understanding it. And that's exactly the moment God wants to move you on because he doesn't want you to hold on to the familiar. He wants you to walk and hold on to faith. And so even though we do our best to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not on our understanding, there's a tension point. That's the tension. That's what I would talk about. Because really, honestly, making room for the new, sometimes we'll, we think of it this way. Like, I got to go through all my stuff and clean out my closet, right? I need to go to Goodwill or have a garage sale, right? I got to make room for the new, make room for all that. But, but I, I don't want to go there today. I want to look at it in a sense, and there is truth to that. We got to get rid of some stuff. But, but I believe what, what we're looking at today as we're moving forward is making room for the new is expanding, is expanding, is enlarging our vision. It is, uh, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting in particular. What are we doing? We're enlarging our vision. We're amping ourselves of ourselves. So we're getting ready, uh, rid of some stuff, but we're, we're reaching out for more of God. We're, 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 we're moving forward in faith in God. And, and, and I wanna look at it from that vantage point. And we're gonna look at a story here that really helps illustrate this. And it's a story about Peter and the scripture. And we'll take a look here in Acts 9.31. There's this tension point, And can I tell you, you need tension to grow. Iron sharpens iron. You know, like if you don't have anything that stretches you, if you're not, nothing pushing back, you're not going to grow anything. You're not going to grow beyond. So you, you have to have tension that, have, that has transformation. You have to have tension to have growth. So there's this tension point that's going to be felt by Peter here and the New Testament church in the scripture. And here's what it says in Acts 9:31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace and was strengthened. Sounds great. Living in, in the fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, it increased in numbers. Wow. 
That's where I want to be. That's going awesome. Let's just live there for a while because it hasn't always been that way. And what happened right before this was uh, Saul, who we know to be Paul, was not a Christian at that point in time or a Christ follower, and he was killing Christians, and the Christians were in fear, and there was such persecution, and Paul was, or Saul was chasing them down. He had letters from the church, uh, you know, the, the religious church, the synagogues or whatever, to go and kill Christians, and so they were living in fear. And now he has an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, and all of a sudden, Paul now knows Jesus and is serving him, and so now the church, like a collective sigh of relief, like first they're skeptical, but like, oh goodness, now we can just enjoy it. We're not being chased. We're not being threatened to be killed and and man the church is growing and things are happening doing great and this is a great moment but God doesn't leave you there he doesn't want you to get comfortable with the familiar he doesn't want you to just hang on and 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 be in that place of familiarity or or safety or security he wants to stretch you a little bit so that's kind of sets the stage for where we are with with Peter and Peter will be wrestling with the belief here in just a moment that that the, the church, he, he, he's representing the New Testament church, right? He's, he's out preaching the gospel and the church is growing. You saw great in numbers, strength in numbers and, and all of a sudden, but, but God wants to do something different and, and Peter's gonna wrestle now with this idea, well, the church is for the Jewish people. That's, that's what it was established for and, and the church is for the Jews. It's not for the Gentiles. It's, it's not for any, the heathens. It's not for anybody else. It's for a select group of people. I'm comfortable with this group of people. These are my people these are the people I know, that I'm familiar with, and I'm good with that. But God says, no, I'm for all people. And don't be comfortable where you're at. And so Peter's going to be facing this tension point, and everything he knew up to that time, everything was familiar to him. Church was familiar to him. Uh, the, the, the ministry was familiar to him. And all of a sudden, it was going to change. Now, we're going to find familiarity meets faith. The tension between, honestly, if we could say it this way, the Jews and the Gentiles and coming to Christ is, is now they're, they're, gonna, they're gonna face off with each other here in just a minute. Now, I know what you're thinking. How could Peter be that way? He wants to keep the gospel just to the Jews. Can I say, we shouldn't judge Peter because we need to really look in the mirror at ourselves. And it might not be that we don't think the gospel's for everybody, but how many times are we trying to get it to everybody? Because we can easily slip into our own comfort and familiarity and, and just live there. And it's easy for us to judge somebody else's tension point because it's their tension point after all. It's not necessarily ours in the moment. And we see that, right? That's why it's hard for some of us to judge racial injustice. Because some of us aren't experiencing that tension point like others are. Or an economic injustice. Or an age disparity, right? Because we get comfortable in there and it's easy for us to judge somebody else, but we're not in that tension point. But this is one we all should feel. When it comes to the gospel, and that's the the last place we want tension, (laughs) Last place I want tension is my Christianity. Because if I get too much tension in my Christianity, I'm like, just take me home, Jesus. <laughs> When's the rapture coming? It's a little too tense right now. And can I tell you, I don't know a time in my lifetime that I felt there was any more tension on Christianity. Any more coming against our belief system, coming against the church. And, uh, but now is also the greatest opportunity for the church. The truth is, if there's no tension, there's no growth. And we know that, and because of a lot of us now, and myself included, it's the first of the year, right? So now we got a lot of tension because we're, we're gonna get in shape, right? We're gonna exercise, we're gonna try and eat right. There's tension in that. And in fact, the reality is you, you, can't, you can't get in shape unless there's tension. It takes attention to grow and build and all that kind of stuff. And so we can understand the thing that Peter's wrestling here, but he's not wrestling, in a sense, in a physical way. He's wrestling within himself. It's the whole opposition becomes opportunity to know him and make him known. And so when we look at Acts 9.31, that's where Peter's coming from, and he loves that, and who wouldn't? 
And then we have this experience that God's taking him through in two. And, and, and so in Acts 11, let's take a look now at the tension in Acts 11, starting at verse one. Let me read this for you. I might read it quickly, but it's a one through 17. You have it on your live notes. Uh, the apostles and believers throughout all Judea heard that the Gentiles also received the word of God. Where if you stop right there, it's like, oh, praise the Lord. Their evangelism's working. The missionary teams are going all over the world, but it's not, it's not a good thing because of where they're at and comfortable with how they feel the gospel should be, and now it's being stretched. And Peter has already had an encounter. So this is post-Peter's encounter, which we'll go back in a second. I just want you to see the tension point. And it says this, uh, they heard that the Gentiles received the word. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, because they called him, you need to come talk to us. What's happening over there with the Gentiles went to Jerusalem. The circumcised believers, the Jews, criticized him and said, you went into the house of the uncircumcised men and ate with them. How dare you? Starting from the beginning, Peter told him the whole story. Hold on a second. Let me tell you what's going on here. I was in the city of Joppa, minding my own business, praying. And in a trance, I had a trance. I saw a vision. I saw something like a large sheet being let down from heaven by its four corners. And it came down to where I was. I looked into it and saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, reptiles, birds. And then I heard a voice telling me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. I replied, surely not, Lord, which is so funny to me. And I love Peter because it's like, you can't put those two words together because if it's Lord, there's not a not or a no, right? But Peter has a tendency to argue with angels, Jesus, and God. And he says, no, that's not me. Nothing impure or unclean has ever entered my mouth. I've always done the things we've always done. I've manage those um, traditions of our religion and, and things. I've managed it well. I haven't violated any of that. Then the voice spoke from heaven a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times. Here we go. And that's kind of Peter too, right? This happened three times and it was all pulled up into heaven again. So I love it with Peter, right? What's up with Peter in three times, right? So deny Jesus three times. Then Jesus comes back and says, hey, do you love me? Yes, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Yes, feed my three times. So Peter gets it after the third time. And then, uh, then three men who had been sent, right there, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea, about 30 miles away, stopped at the house where I was staying. The Spirit told me to have no hesitation, I love this, told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers all, all also went with me and we entered the man's house. We went then to Caesarea. And he told us, the man that sent the men to find him told us, an angel appeared in his house and said, send a Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He'll bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. Interesting phrase. As I opened my mouth to speak, the Holy Spirit fell. They all began speaking in tongues. I haven't even finished preaching yet. And he says, as it was in the beginning with us, referring back to when they were in the upper room and there was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit fell on them, right? So now here we're here, in a sense, Peter's saying, now we had a second outpouring. The first outpouring established the church, New Testament church, and Peter and them spilled out onto the street. Peter preached, 3,000 people got born again. Now all of a sudden there's an encounter with the Gentiles, and Peter's preaching, the Holy Spirit pours out, and Peter had wrestled with this tension point, and he's like, I'm comfortable with where we're at. I'm happy with what we're doing. I don't do anything I'm not supposed to be doing, but yet God stretched me and brought me this opportunity, and when I stepped into it and took it, took it the second outpouring of the Holy Spirit happened, and now the church is being established, second time in the Gentiles. Can I tell you, tension's not a bad thing. God's going to stretch you, but you don't ever know what's on the other side of that. You just have to be obedient. 
And so Peter had this opportunity, and it goes on to say this. Then I remember what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, verse 17. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Make room. Don't stand in his way. Make room for what he wants to do. And I'm telling you, we stand in January of 2022 at a time, I believe, if I could speak this as a pastor to this church, as a church in this tension point of our culture and everything around us, and I'll explain a little bit here in a minute and then the next week, and we're at this cusp of what are we gonna do with the opportunity God has given us? Are we gonna make room to embrace the new, which could just, and I believe, could just help lead to another outpouring of the Holy Spirit and a revival in the land? I believe we live in those times. I believe we live, I believe the table has been set by all the things we talk about, by political agendas, the table's been set by pandemics, the table's been set by so many things happening in our world today, and I believe God is saying, what are you gonna do with this tension point of what you're familiar and comfortable with, what you've been doing, because it's been good, or what we could be doing for the kingdom? And I wanna challenge you with that today as an individual and as a church. See, Peter was just like, I was in Joppa minding my own business. I was just enjoying everything. Before Peter went to Joppa, he was in Lydda. And in Lydda, there was a man who had been paralyzed for eight years. And Peter just looked at him and spoke, hey, take up your bed and walk. And the man was instantly healed. And everybody in the little town of Lydda celebrated and begged Peter to stay there. Peter was, he was a hero. But then in Joppa, the neighboring town, there was a lady named Tabitha who had been in the church for years and she was loved by everybody. She was in every, delivering meals to everybody. She was making clothes for widows. She was serving in tree kids. She was in the cafe cooking. She was doing all kinds of stuff and she got sick and died. They heard Peter was in Lydda and what just happened? So they sent for Peter. So now Peter's going to Joppa where, where Tabitha just passed away and they have her in this room ready for burial and they prepared the body. And Peter walks up into the room. He empties the room of everybody in there. There's people in there that are crying. There's people in there that are grieving. He empties the room of everybody. Doubt and unbelief. What is he doing? He's making room for faith, making room for the miraculous. And then he speaks to her and says, woman, get up. And she opens her eyes, looks at him, sits up. He offers her his hand. She gets up. They invite everybody back in and the town just exploded. They would, have, they would have carried Peter on their shoulder through the streets, right? He could have ran for mayor and won. He was loving it. I mean, it wasn't like this arrogant thing. Look what God had done. But in the same moment when Peter spoke to that woman, it probably went back to remind him of how he spoke to that man. And then it probably went to remind him of what Jesus did because Jesus spoke to the crippled man and said, get up, take your bed and walk. And he did. And, and Jesus with the little girl that had been dead looked at her and said, little girl, get up. He put, no, Jesus put everybody out of the room, parents included. And then he spoke to the little girl and said, get up. So Peter's like, man, this is going good. I'm just doing what Jesus did. I just, I remember Jesus did it. So Jesus did it. I did it. Jesus said it. I said it. And all of a sudden all this happened. And then he has a vision. Just minding his own business. Church is great. And all of a sudden an angel shows up and Peter is, has this vision. And I love the story. I mean, there's so many things in the story. Let's take a look um, in Acts 10, 9. Peter's in Joppa. He, he had no idea. He's just going to Lydda, healed somebody, went to Joppa, raised the dead. I mean, that's pretty good. And now here he is finding himself in this story we're gonna pick up. We're gonna go to Acts, actually, guys, we're gonna go to Acts 10, 9. We're gonna go to Acts 10, 9. 
About noon the following day, as the journey was approaching the city, these are men that Cornelius sent. They're coming to Joppa to find Peter. Peter went up on the top of the roof to pray. Things are great. Peter prays every day. What's he doing? Making room. Come on. Prays every day. So he went up and he went to pray and he became hungry. Why? Because he's in 21 days of prayer and fasting, obviously. And he wanted something to eat. The scripture says, how do I know he was from prayer and fasting? Hey, here, I'll tell you, it'll show you right here. And while, he was being, while, while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. If you're fasting, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like everybody's asking you to go to lunch and you're fasting lunch and you just got this blank look on your face and everybody's like, oh, he's like, he's fell in a trance. What's he doing? I don't know, he's fasting. I don't know, he passed out, I think. So he passed out, he's just like, no, look at him. And so he saw and he had a vision. You know, that's why we fast, not to pass out. We fast to tune in the voice of God. So prayer and fasting is taking place. I don't know about the fasting part, the humor me on that one. But all of a sudden, he has this vision from God, and he sees heaven open up like something like a large sheet being let down to the earth by its four corners. And it contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. And that's another reason why I think he was fasting, because when you're fasting, you think of all, everything's food. <laughs> I think of stuff to eat I don't even like. Why am I thinking about that? I don't even like that. I don't even eat that. I never eat that. Then a voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Here we go again, a different account of it. Surely not, Lord, Peter said. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call, uh, spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. It goes on to say this, verse 16. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep, sheep was taken back. The first time we talked about the tension was Peter before the council in Jerusalem, recounting what has happened. This is the actual moment. So Peter, in his time of prayer, making room from God, this vision, had this vision, sheet comes down, all kinds of animals on it. Peter's talking about he couldn't eat because, that because of his dietary restrictions according to Jewish law. But what now, now what it's implying is whatever I've made clean, man cannot call unclean. Basically what he's speaking to is whatever the barriers that you have in your life, don't limit God. Because Peter didn't realize at this point in time, but that whole way that he'd been living had now had become a barrier because God wanted to expand the gospel into the Gentiles. And so this really wasn't about the animals on the sheet, right? It wasn't about the things he couldn't eat, but now could. It wasn't the pig in the blanket. Some of you will get that when you're on your way home. Really, Peter now got to eat bacon. Hey, praise the Lord. <laughs> but what he's talking about is what they've considered unclean, the Gentiles. Don't call that unclean anymore, he says. The angel tells him, God said, don't call what I call clean unclean. The message of the gospel needs to go to the Gentiles. So Peter had to wrestle with this. No, 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 three times he wrestled with it. No, 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 I, I, don't, I don't participate in unclean things. And he really wasn't, wasn't necessarily getting it right there, but it was really all about the transformation in his mind. He had to make room in his mind that there's more. So he got to start right there. There's more. And so he's wrestling with this idea of what God's trying to convey to him. He doesn't completely understand it yet until he steps out and takes those steps of faith and things start coming together. As the problem is, as Peter was, we haven't made room for the new in our mind yet through prayer and fasting. That's what, thank you, Pastor Eric. You can have tomorrow off. So making a plug right here for prayer and fasting, you'll never make room in your mind for the new without prayer and fasting. You won't. That's what helps you get these things in order and helps you get your mind 
in order and on the things of God and changes your thinking or processes, helps you break down the barriers or the things you thought you could never do. It begins with renewing your mind and that happens through prayer and fasting. You need to make sure that you're participating in prayer and fasting. If you wanna make room for the new, it has to begin with your mind and your mind is prepared first through prayer and fasting because that helps you overcome the familiar and comfortable that your physical being and your emotional being wants to hang on to. So let me give you four things to make room for the new, four ways to make room for the new. Number one, break down the barriers. This is what's happening right here. He's showing him the barriers. You know what those animals and that whole idea represented? The barriers to the gospel going to the Gentiles. What are the barriers in your life keeping you from doing what God has for you? And it just said here in Acts and acts, the barriers there. It wasn't about the animals, it was the barriers between Jew and Gentiles. And maybe for you it's the barriers, and we talked about MLK tomorrow, we talk about the barriers between race, black, white, brown. Uh, we're working really hard to make sure there are no barriers to race here. So not only are we going to do the MLK thing in, in uh, October, last October, we spent doing a tent crusade with our Hispanic brothers over in San Marcos, and we got some things on the book. We, we haven't nailed it yet, but we're believing that something amazing is gonna come this summer or soon that we can share with you that we're looking to really reach out and connect with our Hispanic brothers and sisters and churches in our area. We, we gotta break down the barriers. Uh, barriers might be Republicans and Democrats. Can I tell you, I've never seen it more divisive and ugly, and it's like, it's, it's embarrassing like, I want to pastor Republicans and Democrats yeah, and independents and Republicrats and whatever. I don't know. God loves them all. Barriers between rich and poor. I don't want to be that rich church. I don't want to be that whatever, right? I don't want, to, I don't want any labels. What are we talking about? We're talking about getting rid of labels. Uh, old and young. I want to be a church for everybody. That everyone feels comfortable here. What are the barriers that you have in your life? Barriers with your neighbors. What are the barriers with your coworkers? What are the barriers with, with people around you? Is it pride? Is pride a barrier? Is unforgiveness a barrier? Is offense a barrier for you? As a church, we're gonna break down barriers. We, we talked about some of the things already. That's part of the reason why we are doing Night to Shine. We wanna break down the barriers for families and churches with families that have children that have special needs. 90% of families with children are with special needs are unchurched. We're gonna break down that barrier. And also coming up in April, we are hosting, we're the host site for the Special Olympics bicycle time trials from Austin to San Antonio. We're the host site for the Special Olympics. What are we doing? Breaking down barriers. We're breaking down as many barriers as we can. We're breaking down barriers as a church this year. We're gonna be breaking down more barriers with the government and the city. We're getting more involved in city. We're gonna have more, we're, right, we're finding our voice. We're gonna have more of a voice in the city. God has opened up some amazing doors. We'll tell you about that in the future. We're breaking down barriers between churches and schools. Right, we've adopted a school over here now that we're going and doing things for the teachers and the students and we have a great relationship with both in a school districts here in New Braunfels. We're breaking down the, the barriers with other churches. I'm gonna tell you, I've been working really hard to connect with other pastors in the area, seeing how we can be a blessing, how we can come together and do things together, work together for our community. And we're breaking down the barriers to get into other communities where you live, because not everybody lives in New Braunfels. This isn't a church for New Braunfels. This is a church for the world, for all over the world. We're breaking down barriers. Angel said to Peter, get up and kill. Not the end. You need to get up and kill the barriers in your life. 
Kill the things that are dividing you from doing what God has called you to do. And our prayer is, God, break down my barriers. Kill my barriers. Stop limiting God with your barriers. Number two, you need to know this. God wants to work through you. God wants to work through you. You know what's interesting to me is we sometimes think he can't or won't. And so we limit God from using us. I don't know what we think we have to be a biblical scholar. We have to be, I don't know, have gone through all the classes and programs. I don't know what it is sometimes we think we have to be, but God wants to use you. Here's what's interesting to me. When the angel appeared to Cornelius, the Gentile, the centurion, I didn't even go there in the story. I'll just say that for another time. Angel appeared to him and said, hey, you need to go to Joppa and you need to find a man, Simon, who's called Peter, and ask him to come and preach the gospel to you and your family. Well, why didn't the angel preach the gospel? I'm ready, he's right there. Yes, sir, whatever you say, sir, I'm gonna do, sir, absolutely, to the angel. And so why didn't the angel just preach the gospel right there? And I wanna say this this morning boldly, and you may not agree with my theology on this, but angels aren't created to preach the gospel. Men are, women are. The privilege and honor of preaching the greatest story ever known to man has been given to you and I, not to angels. Angels are the ones who say, hey, get ready, he's coming. Hey, go over there and hear that over there. Angels were never created to preach the gospel. You were. God wants to work through you. So if you understand the, the history of the day back there, at some point in time, the apostle Paul, whose name's changed from Saul, lives in Caesarea for a couple years. Why don't you just wait and let Cornelius wait it out? Paul's gonna be there in a couple years. God knew that. What about if you read the scripture out even more and says Philip, the evangelist, ended up living in Caesarea. But God wanted to use Peter. God wants to use you. Don't wait and think somebody else is gonna do it and God will send somebody else, let somebody else do it. No, he wants to use you for a reason. He wants to use you and he wants to grow you. He wants you to grow in those things. So like, how can I do that? Well, I just already shared that with you earlier. So Peter went to Lydda and just saw a man who was crippled and said, because he saw Jesus do it and he heard Jesus speak it, he said, hey, take up your bed and walk. Jesus has healed you. Well, I don't know how to pray for anybody. Hey, that's a pretty good way right there. You don't do the healing anyways. <laughs> I don't know about raising that dead stuff. Well, I don't know either. I can't raise the dead but I can walk in and see somebody that had just passed away and, and I can look at them in the authority of Jesus Christ and, and I see what the scripture, what Jesus did and I walk in the same authority that Jesus had because he gave it to me and I can say, get up, come out of there. Get up and live again. All Peter did, all he did was do what Jesus did. Well, how's he gonna use me? I don't know, maybe you can just do what Jesus did. <laughs> maybe you can just get in the Bible there and find out, read about it and do what Jesus did but he wants to use you. You know, what, you know what Joppa was? It's interesting to me, Joppa for Peter was Peter's opportunity because he'd been comfortable, but it was his opportunity to do something more for God, to make room for more to God. Here's what I believe. Tree of life, we're in our Joppa right now. Things have been good here at church. I mean, honestly, I mean, I know there's Omicron, all kinds of stuff, but God's been doing great stuff. God's been moving. We've impacted more this last year than I can remember in years and years and years. We're, we're standing right here in January. You're standing in your Joppa. Let me just, can I say it this way? This is our opportunity. <laughs> now that was better than the other one. That was better. I know, that was better. This is your Jopuary. 
Yeah, that job opportunity was better than the January thing. That's where we're at right now. And we have an opportunity. There's a tension point we're feeling. And you're feeling it in your life, and you can stay. And Peter could have stayed in that moment, and who would have blamed him in a sense? But God has more for you, and God has more for us. Don't miss your job opportunity. It's right here, but what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? You need to kill the barriers that are hindering you from doing what God's asked you to do and need to know he wants to work through you. Make room for the new. Don't miss out on what God wants to do in and through you by holding on to the familiar and miss what God wants to bring to you by faith. And I want to say this, number three, now is the time. Now is the time. Don't delay. Don't delay. Now's the time to do this. Uh, let's take a look at Acts 10, 19 through 20. Acts 10, 19 through 20. Acts 10, 19 through 20 says this. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, because then he had his vision we just described. While I was thinking there, these three men who Cornelius the Gentile sent to find Peter show up at the door. He says, Simon, three men are looking. The angel says, Simon, three men are looking for you. So go downstairs. So get up and go downstairs. And look what it says. Do not hesitate to go with them. For I have sent them. Tree of life, do not hesitate. We're going to jump right into this. You need to not hesitate. You don't need to go home and pray about this and what God's been speaking to you. You need to be in times of prayer and fasting so you can get your mind where you can make room in your mind for what God wants to do. But then don't hesitate. God's providing the opportunity for you. You know what's interesting to me in this, and I love this about Peter. Uh, the message translation says, don't ask any questions. Just do it. So Peter goes down and he says, I'm Simon Peter. I'm the guy here looking for. What is it that you want? And I'm like, he just told you don't ask any questions. Don't ask any questions. If God is stretching you, if there's a tension point there, if it's unfamiliar to you and you have time to make room in your mind for the things of God and he has spoken to you, don't hesitate. And, and I want you to know something on that because what happened was, when you read the story out, and I didn't have time to, the, a vision came first to Cornelius, to the Gentile. He had a vision from God. So here's what you need to know. Don't hesitate, because God's already been preparing that other person. He's already been preparing that other person for you. He's just needing a vessel, a willing, obedient person that will take the opportunity presented and share the gospel and they're right there, wet, ready. God's working on both ends. Well, what if they're not going to listen? What if they're not going to hear me? Then go on to the next person. But God's got somebody prepared. He prepared Cornelius. So when Peter shows up, Peter starts preaching the gospel. And Peter doesn't even finish preaching the gospel to give an altar call and then give a second call about baptism of the Holy Spirit. They just start speaking in tongues, meaning they've already accepted the gospel truth. They were so ready that then the Holy Spirit just poured, the, poured himself out on them. You have no idea what that person's ready for. Don't hesitate. We're not going to hesitate. We're charging into some of these things. And I'll be quite honest with you. I'm a little nervous about this first one because it doesn't seem like we have a whole lot of time. But we're not going to hesitate. We're in it now. So we're going for it. So join with us to make this night, night to shine happen. Listen, don't hesitate. You've been putting off going to the people God's been telling you for too long. For too long. You don't heal. You don't save. But open your mouth and let God fill it. You don't know how ready they are. 
You take it, and then God just pours out his Holy Spirit. I believe as a church, we're going to find our voice. We're going to be committed to the cause of God. And we're going to seize our opportunity. And I believe we're going to see God pour out his spirit in greater measure than ever before. I believe we're going to see revival. What happened when Peter just opened his mouth? He took the opportunity, just opened his, he didn't know what to expect. He just opened his mouth and you heard him describe it. It's as if it happened in the upper room where the Holy Spirit fell. I'm believing the Holy Spirit to fall in great measure. I'm believing for such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit tree of life. This is our opportunity. We're going to find our voice and we're going to seize it and not hesitate. And we're going to open our mouth and we're going to see great revival go forth in Jesus' name. I believe it. I believe it. I believe this is the year. I believe this is the year that God has been preparing these things. And I want to say this, number four, the world is ready. The world is ready. The world is ready. The world is ready. With all the things that have been happening in the world today, what's it been doing? It's been preparing people's hearts. All the things have been happening. I, I can only remember the numbers, but we, we saw great numbers of people get saved this year. When church attendance is way down. And we have a lot of regulars that are still feeling more comfortable online. I get that. No disrespect there. But we have new people coming in droves that are getting saved. That are looking for the gospel. Looking for Jesus. We're going to see more. And the darker it gets, the lighter we will shine. And we're going to seize our opportunity. The world is ready for a church to stand up. The world is ready for you to stand up. And there's a God that's already prepared the way. And then when we step into our place and find our voice, not only are we just going to share the gospel, we're going to do what Jesus did. We're going to see an outpouring of God's spirit to change and transform lives forever. Forever. That's what I believe. This is our opportunity, Tree of Life. I want you to come back next week. We're going to keep going on this. I really feel this is a word in season for tree. I'll, I'll go so far as to say this. I really feel it's prophetic. That's what God is saying for us to come. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Join us online or be in person. Because if this is home for you, then you're a part of it. If you're just kicking the tires right now, I get it. Make a spiritual decision. But now you're going to see who we are and what we're about. I think it's a great, it's a great place. But this is our opportunity, Tree of Life. This is yours too. In your neighborhood, at your work, with the ball team. Push through that tension point. But you got to make room first. Make room for that prayer. Make room through fasting. Make room in your mind first for what God wants to do. And then you got to let go of the familiar. It's okay. I love the familiar. I'm a routine guy. I go to the same place to eat every Sunday morning. <laughs> I gotta let that go. <laughs> I don't know if they can stay in business without me, but I'm gonna. All joking aside, we, we're comfortable in those moments. It's time to be uncomfortable. It's time to find our voice. It's time to seize our opportunity. We're not gonna hesitate, but we need you to go with us because we believe on the other side of our obedience, it's an outpouring of God's spirit and power to set people free. And that is why we exist. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My heart, my hope today, launching out in this new series was to get the heart of God. Get the plan of God for trail. Not my plan. My plan's different. But I surrendered that a long time ago. 
but to get the plan of God, the heart of God, the mind of God, for what he wants for our church and for all those that would call this place home. And this is the time and this is the hour, Tree of Life. Then we just seize the opportunity in front of us. Let go of the familiar to step into the faith and allow God to use us in ways that we never dreamed possible. To kill the barriers that we didn't even know that we had. To look for them. And then to break down the barriers. And then to be confident that this is what God has called us to do. He wants to work in us and through us. And all we know is what he said. And all we know is what he did. But that is enough if we'll do it. We won't hesitate. Because there's lives that hangs, eternities that hang in the balance. That need us to be doing what God has called us to do. The world is ready. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that needs an obedient people to open their mouth and share the good news so the Spirit of God can be poured out and revival can sweep this land. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.